Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, December 21st, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio. Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Today's show is also presented by Adam's Corner Cafe and Butcher Shop. This place is a staple in Boston, so stop in today on Adam's Corner in Dorchester and let Jeannie and Gordon take care of you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Whether you're stocking your fridge or filling your stomach by eating in their cafe, everything at Adam's Corner Cafe and Butcher Shop is made to order with the freshest ingredients. And with the holidays upon us, this is the only place you should be going to get your food for your holiday party. Check out their entire menu right now at AdamsCornerCafeAndButcher.com. That's AdamsCornerCafeAndButcher.com. And when you do stop in, make sure you tell them I sent you. Adam's Corner Cafe and Butcher Shop in Dorchester. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, December 21st, the final show before Christmas, which is on Monday, and a little scheduling update for you. For the next two weeks, my schedule on this podcast is going to be Tuesday and Thursday instead of the usual schedule, which is Monday and Thursday, because this coming Monday is Christmas, and then the Monday after that is New Year's Day. So for the next two weeks, I'll be with you on Tuesday and Thursday, of course, you can listen to this whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and now also on iHeartRadio. And, of course, part of the Podcast One Network. And uh, right now, my mindset, obviously, on my picks for Week 16 in the NFL, I will close out the show with my picks. Five games with the spread. I am on an absolute roll. I will also give you my DraftKings. Gotta have him play for Week 16 for Sunday slate. I did not give you a very good one last week. I gave you Tom Brady. I told you he was my DraftKings. Gotta have him play for Week 15, and he did not necessarily light it up in Pittsburgh. The Patriots won that game in Pittsburgh, of course, but Tom Brady only threw one touchdown pass. So I'm looking to bounce back with my DraftKings. Gotta have him play, but uh, my picks, 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 five games with the spread. I've been nailing it for you lately. And I look to continue that through the rest of the season and even into and through the NFL playoffs. So I'll get into some football, but also my mindset right now is just finishing my Christmas shopping. And fortunately, I know exactly how I'm going to finish my Christmas shopping. And, And I feel the need to share this idea with you. I guess we could call it Picks Picks Holiday Edition. Picks Picks Christmas Wishlist Edition, and there's one gift that I have found that's perfect, and I I hope nobody in my family, uh, any of my loved ones, uh, listening to today's show before December 25th, uh, before Christmas morning, but if they are, then I guess they'll find out what I'm getting for them, but I, I feel the need to give this information, to give this advice to my listeners, to my audience, because I think it's a perfect gift. You know, you always get gifts for somebody that you know or you love and you feel like maybe you should get them one more like there needs to be one more gift like you can't just get them one there needs to be another one but nothing too big just something good enough where they open it they unwrap it and their eyes open and they're like wow what is this this is cool the perfect gift for me in this situation are the Funko Pups do you know what I'm talking the Funko Pup do you know what a Funko Pup is Funko Pup I had never heard of them, and then last year, my girlfriend got me two of them. She got me a Tom Brady, and then she got me an Ultimate Warrior. So they have professional athletes, and they have professional wrestlers. They're little dolls. They're not dolls, right? They're they're characters. They're figures. I don't even know what they are. They're Funko Pups. Go into Newbury Comics, and they'll have... The whole wall will be filled with them. They're little white boxes, and they have everything you could possibly want. Like TV show characters, movie characters, TV series characters. Again, they are professional athletes, football players, hockey players. I haven't seen any baseball players yet. Uh, Basketball, I've seen some NBA players. And of course, they have WWE superstars. They have UFC fighters. They have Disney characters, Nickelodeon. You name it, they have it. They have everything. And you can go online and find even more of them. 
different stores as well. Toys R Us has them, I think. Um, Hot Topic has them. Even video game stores have them. If you have not discovered the Funko Pop yet, then you are missing out on what I think is actually the best gift, not just to give other people, but to receive. Like I told people in my family, all you got to do is get me Funko Pops. They're unbelievable. They have like old school wrestlers. They have everything. Literally every character that's been on TV or in a movie uh, or, or, you know, in sports, you name it, they have it. Funko Pops. I had never heard of them till about a year ago, but now sometimes I'll go in a store and I'll see them and I don't even buy them. I just like to look at them and I can't even take them out of the box. It's one of those things like, you know, you get that piece of memorabilia that you just can't open. Like you just don't want to take it out of the box. You just, it feels dirty taking it out of the box. This is, I feel like it with, with these Funko Pops. I feel like that with these Funko Pops and they're only like 12 bucks. And usually it's buy one, get one half off every time I've seen them. But the store to go into is Newbury Comics. They're everywhere. They don't just have, like, the one at the South Shore Plaza of Newbury Comics. You walk in, right to your left, the whole wall is filled with them. And then you go to the back of the store, and they have more on the wall in the back. And usually around the entire store, they, they, they trickle them around here and there. But the Funko Pop, I don't... I don't know. I mean, if you, I'm telling you, Google it or just walk into the store and f- figure it out. I mean, it'll. There's a lot of a lot of different characters you could go with. Um, it, chances are you'll find one that the person you're buying a gift for will love, and it's a perfect gift. It really is. It's a perfect gift. So there's some advice for you. Picks, picks, holiday edition. You need an extra gift. You don't want to spend too much money, but you don't want it to be a stupid gift. I think this is a perfect gift. A Funko Pop. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the minute you find out what I'm talking about, you're going to love it. Because I think they're the best thing that, I think it's the best things that that have ever been created, in my opinion. It's kind of a toy. It's kind of like memorabilia. It's it's like the in-between of that. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. You have to go check it out for yourself. And Funko, is it, I don't even know if it's, is it the company? Is that the company, Pup, or is it Funko? I don't know. They're not paying me for this. This is this is a free read for Funko Pops all over the world. This is uh, free advice for everybody that's looking for more than just NFL picks from me. That's looking for m- different types of advice during the holiday season. I'm, I, You know, the last month and a half, I've given you some different advice. You know, Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru advice, Ikea Advice, I've given you a lot of different pieces of advice during the holiday season, and this is another another one. Uh, get the Funko Pops right now. Go buy them. Anyways, moving on from holiday shopping. I don't mean to stress you out too much with the holiday shopping stuff, but it's that time of year, and, um, you know, with the holidays upon us, that means the NFL playoffs are upon us. And we got a lot of different clinching scenarios, and I'm going to get to those, and I'm going to get to my picks. But there's one story that I, football-related, that I need to open up with first, that I need to discuss first. And, and I know it's, it's driving some people crazy. It's kind of driving me crazy, but there, there's just a couple things that I need to get off my chest with regards to the Bill Belichick, Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady feud. Are we calling it a feud? Are we calling it a rift? The word that they used in the Boston Globe article this week was friction. There's friction between Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Alex Guerrero, and the Patriots. There's friction within the Patriots. There's friction in Foxborough is the exact term as I'm reading it on this story. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, It was in the Globe this week. And the headline is, Bill Belichick curbs privileges of Tom Brady's associate, Alex Guerrero. The piece was written by Bob Hola. And, uh, you know, it's a story that doesn't really tell us anything new about Alex Guerrero, but it does give us, I guess you could call it some breaking news on something that Bill Belichick has done. And I just told you, the headline says, Bill Belichick has curbed the privileges of Tom Brady's associate, Alex Guerrero. Here's exactly what Bill Belichick has done. Um, Guerrero, according to this report in the Boston Globe, Guerrero is now banned from boarding Patriots jets. His sideline access has been revoked, and he is no longer permitted to treat players other than Brady in his exclusive office 
at Gillette Stadium. Now, I have a little bit of an issue with that last sentence I just read you, in which it says, quote, and he no longer is permitted, Guerrero is no longer permitted to treat players other than Brady in his exclusive office at Gillette Stadium. I have a problem with that sentence because I think that sentence, in the way it's worded at least, to get that point across, I think it says everything about where Bob Hola, the guy who wrote this, I think it's, it says everything about where his mindset was when he wrote this story and what the goal was to put this piece together because the goal was clear. The goal was to portray a situation behind the scenes at Gillette Stadium in which Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are feuding, right? They're fighting. They're, they're not getting along right now because of this decision that Bill Belichick made. And Bill Belichick made this decision because there was a problem. Do I think there was a problem? Of course I do. Because why else would Bill Belichick do this? Why else would Bill Belichick all of a sudden now ban Alex Guerrero? Why would Bill Belichick all of a sudden go to Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady and say, hey, listen, Alex can no longer come on the sidelines. He no longer has that access during games, and he can no longer fly with the team. He can't. He can no longer fly with the Patriots. Why all of a sudden is there a ban on Alex Guerrero? And you know Alex Guerrero. Do I need to get into the background of this guy? I call him Tom Brady's trainer because that's what he is. Uh, He's Tom Brady's business partner, the TB12 center up at Gillette Stadium. And, And I say at Gillette Stadium because that's where it is. That's where it is. The TB12 Center is is at Gillette Stadium. All right, it's up where all the shops and everything are. But, I mean, it's it's connected to it. It's connected to the stadium. So, it's Brady's business partner. It's his personal friend. And it's his trainer. And I don't know exactly what they're doing. They talk a lot about nutrition. You know, they have the cookbook, the nutritional book, whatever. Whatever they're doing, it's work of a Tom Brady. He's 40 years old. He's going to be in the NFL MVP. He leads all of, all of the NFL, all quarterbacks in the league uh, with pass yardage, over 4,000 passing yards this season. Brady, at 40 years old, looks as good now as he did 10 years ago when he was 30. So whatever they're doing, it's working. Alex Guerrero is Tom Brady's trainer. At least that's the way that I am always going to word this. But something happened. And when trying to figure out what exactly did happen, you got a lot of people that are jumping to conclusions. And you got a lot of people out there that are looking to use this situation where Belichick bans Guerrero. They're looking to use this to come up with their own theory as to what happened and say, yep, this is it. Belichick and Brady, they're not getting along. This isn't going to end well. And what they're doing is they're taking that made-up theory and made-up scenario in their own heads, and they're looking at the success Jimmy Garoppolo is having right now. And now you got a lot of people who are saying, see, Brady and Belichick, they do hate each other. This Guerrero situation is the straw that broke the camel's back. They should have never traded Garoppolo. They should have traded Brady instead. You actually have people in this town saying that, thinking that, believing that, but here's the problem. These people who are using this story in the Boston Globe, and I think Bob Hola might be one of them because of that one sentence I read you that, that, and I'll I'll get back into it and I'll actually rewrite that sentence for you as to what this sentence should actually say based on the facts that we have. But I read that sentence from Bob Hola and I look at this story and I see people who are overreacting to this situation and they're now claiming that Brady hates Belichick. Belichick hates Brady. Alex Guerrero's getting banned because of all of it. Belichick's had enough. This is where the split happens. Um, This is where, you know, Tom Brady goes to another team and, oh, the Patriots don't have Garoppolo anymore. What are they doing? They screwed this up. Then people put it on Robert Kraft. This mindset is a mindset that you only have if you want to have it. If you want to have it. And I've told you this before. There are people who want Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to hate each other, not just in other cities, not just people who are fans of other teams who hate the Patriots, but people in this very town. They want Belichick and Brady to hate each other. They need Belichick and Brady to hate each other. And 
with that need and that want, with this story and this situation, and this guy, Alex Guerrero, who is kind of, I mean, he seems like kind of a shady cat, doesn't he? He does. He seems like a shady cat, but he's Brady's friend, and I don't think you can deny what whether it whether whatever they're doing is having any effect on Tom Brady's career, or maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe Brady's just eating healthy, and and you know he just so happens to be lucky to to, to you know avoid certain hits in certain spots. I, whatever it is, you can't deny that as shady a cat Alex Guerrero is. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're doing, it's working. It's working. But some of the things in the past that you know he's done, it's it's he's kind of a shady cat. And uh, because people see he's a shady cat and they see him around all the time, they see him, you know, whether he's on the sideline, whether he's in the locker room, whether he's walking around at Gillette Stadium, you know, obviously we know now, you know, he's flying on the team plane. They see this guy involved and with the team and now they see it's official. Belichick did something about it. They're going to put it all together and they're going to use it to basically confirm their own beliefs. And their own beliefs are the things that they want to believe. They want to believe Belichick and Brady don't like each other and that this just isn't going to end well because they don't like each other. And a lot of people looking at this situation thinking that this is the Alex Guerrero thing. Belichick banning Guerrero is sort of the straw that broke the camel's back because now Brady's going to he's gonna hate Bill Belichick and the sky is falling on the Patriots. That, that's where people are going with this story. If you read my column... If you've been reading my tweets, you know that's not where I'm going with this story because I think that it's it's it can be simple. Like, can we simplify this before we overreact and freak out and think that the sky is falling? Can we can we just simplify it for a minute? And that sentence that I read you, I'll read the whole paragraph again. This is the story. This is the news. This should probably be the lead, but it's kind of a it gets a little opinionated, and it's it's the last sentence in this paragraph that sort of gets opinionated. Again, this is the story, this paragraph. How many paragraphs is it? One, two, three, four paragraphs in. In the Boston Globe by Bob Huller, it says, Guerrero is now banned from boarding Patriots jets. His sideline access has been revoked, and he no longer is permitted to treat players other than Brady in his exclusive office at Gillette Stadium. So the news is that Guerrero's banned from flying with the team. He's banned from the sideline during games. But this last sentence, is he is he banned from working with Brady? No, he's not banned from working with Brady. He's just banned from working with other Patriots players when he's in his exclusive office at Gillette Stadium, which we know is right near the locker room. This isn't the TB12 Center. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Alex Guerrero actually has his own exclusive office down inside Gillette Stadium near the locker room. And Belichick, he... Okay, so here it is again. He, I'm not trying to confuse it. This is just... These are the facts. Guerrero, he's banned from flying with the team. He's banned from the sideline, and he's banned from treating other players not named Tom Brady in the exclusive office. So while this ban is in place, and this story is all about the ban... I question the legitimacy of this ban. Me personally, I question it. Why? Because of this sentence. Because throughout all these bans that Belichick's putting in place on Guerrero, you know, the bad blood that's supposedly there, as much as, you know, there's friction in Foxborough, all that friction didn't lead to Bill Belichick saying to Tom Brady, hey, you can't see Alex Guerrero in his exclusive office anymore. He didn't say that. He didn't ban Guerrero from the office. He didn't take the office away from Guerrero. As far as we know, Guerrero still has the office near the Patriots locker room, and he can still treat Tom Brady in the office. So is it a ban on Guerrero because Belichick, you know, he's, he's fighting with Brady, or is it a ban on Guerrero for another reason? Because if he's going to go all out and ban Guerrero because he has something, you know, he's pissed off at, you know, with Tom Brady and, and he just doesn't want to see Guerrero at all anymore, wouldn't he take the office away? Wouldn't they, wouldn't they take that away from Guerrero? Like, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm getting confused. So this sentence, let me rewrite this sentence for you, for Bob Hull. All right. Well, here's the paragraph again. 
Guerrero is now banned from boarding Patriots Jets. His sideline access has been revoked. Now, here's the sentence that I'm going to put in. This is my sentence. Quote, but Guerrero will still be allowed to keep his office inside Gillette Stadium where he will still be allowed to treat Brady, but only Brady. And quote, that would be my, that would be my, my, my final sentence in a paragraph because the way he words it is the way he wants this to sound, the way he wants this to look, which is that, oh, not only is he banned from the Jets, he's banned from the sideline, but he's also banned other players from going to see Alex Guerrero, when in fact he hasn't really because these players can go to Guerrero up at the TB12 center still, and they still will go to Guerrero. They just can't go to him in that, that, that little personal space. So this gets to my theory as to what happened. And again, we're simplifying this now simplifying it. Here's my theory. My theory is that somebody else wanted their own personal trainer or advocate, whoever it was, somebody else in the Patriots wanted their own personal trainer or advocate on the sidelines or on the team plane. And Belichick's looking at this and he gets the request or he hears maybe a player or two wanting it and he's got, he's got to put his foot down. He's got to do something about it before this becomes a distraction. Before there's any drama created. So what does he do? Because you got guys probably going to Belichick saying, hey, Brady's got this guy, Brady. You know, he's got his guys. Come on. He's got, he's not just working with this guy. This guy's flying with the team. His guy's on the sideline. Why can't I have my guy on the sideline? Why can't I have my guy fly with the team? The plane's big enough. We got enough money. Why can't my guy? If Brady's guy can, why can't mine? They're not doing any, they're not doing anything to anybody. And Belichick, who, let's be honest, probably hasn't really enjoyed seeing Guerrero around the team, or at least on the sideline and on the team plane. Probably doesn't like that stuff. But I think Belichick's a realist. And with that, I mean that Belichick understands what Tom Brady not only means to the organization, but the team this season, every season. If he didn't understand Tom Brady's value still, Jimmy Garoppolo would not have been traded to San Francisco in October. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been. This is simplified. This is common sense. So obviously, Bill Belichick understands and realizes Tom Brady's value to the team, to the football team on the field on Sundays, and their chances at winning another championship or maybe even multiple championships here the next couple of years. All right? He understands Brady's value to that. So understanding the value, even if he doesn't necessarily like Guerrero being around as much as he's around, he's not just going to just cut Guerrero out of the picture completely. That would be stupid. You know why? Because if Guerrero, whatever they're doing, if that is actually the thing that's helping Brady right now at 40 years old, why would you get away from that if you're Bill Belichick? To me, my theory is that whatever this Globe story is trying to say, basically pointing out that Guerrero's been banned and we're all wondering, well, what happened that created this ban? My theory, the thing that happened that created the ban is is not a Brady-Belichick feud. It's Belichick getting requests from some other players (laughs) in which they're saying, hey, Guerrero's here. Guerrero's on the plane. Guerrero, he's on the sideline doing nothing. He's got his thumb up his ass on the sideline. Why can't my guy be there? To the point where Belichick probably goes, you know what? I can't have this. I can't have these requests. This isn't how this is going to work because the more these players want their own guys, what does that say to our training staff? No, no, no. And this is getting away from the Patriot way, and the Patriot way is we're a team, we're going to use our guys, but at the same time, we understand Tom Brady, who's been seeing Guerrero for a long time, it's working for him, we understand Tom Brady's value, right? We understand that. Uh, But the Patriot way is no drama, the Patriot way is no distractions, and my theory is that it started to become a distraction when other players wanted their guy around because they see Brady with his guy around. They wanted their guy to fly with the team. They wanted their guy to be on the sideline for a game because maybe there was some type of injury they had that they didn't trust the medical staff and they found somebody else. And, and, and they were asking Belichick for this and Belichick said, enough with, with, with these requests. It's not going to happen. It's getting out of control. So I got to do something about it. And my theory is that he probably had a conversation with Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero, I would think. Or maybe it wasn't with Guerrero. Maybe it was just with Brady. 
And he says, Tom, listen, I understand. You like to see this guy. I understand. He's got his own office. And this is the guy you, you want him treating you. I get it. But we can't have him flying with us, one. And two, we can't have him on the sideline anymore because other guys are asking for their guys to be there. And they're using Alex Guerrero's presence as, as an example as to why they should, why we should let their guys on our plane or on our sideline. So we're going to have to do something about this. What can we do? And uh, he, w- what they come up with is that Belichick bans Guerrero from the sideline and he says he can't fly with the team anymore. And let's be honest. I pointed this out in the column. They show Tom Brady every single game on the sideline at all times. Have you ever seen, like, what, do, what is, my point is, what does Alex Guerrero actually do on the sideline? Does anybody know? He's just sort of there. He's just there. He doesn't do anything. And when it comes to flying to where the Patriots are, you mean to tell me Alex Guerrero can't afford a flight of his own? You mean to tell me Tom Brady can't afford the flight to, to send Guerrero to the game, to the area, to the city that they're in for a road game? Come on. They can. So these two things, banning him from the sideline and not letting him fly with the team, it's not exactly Belichick banning Brady from using Guerrero. In fact, what he's also doing is saying, Brady, you can use him in the facility. He can be, you know, Guerrero can treat you in the facility, but, but, in that office, in that little space there next to the locker room, only you can be seen by him. If this was an all-out ban and Belichick and Brady hated each other because of this, don't you think that they would have just removed Alex Guerrero's office altogether? Like, if this was really about Guerrero, if this was really about Brady, don't you think that Bill Belichick would have come down a little bit hotter than this? I actually don't think these bands that he's put into place on Guerrero are all that bad because it's ways that they can get around him. And, but what it does is it tells the players who are maybe requesting their own guys be on the sideline during a game or on the team plane, what it tells them is that, no, 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 stop asking me, fine. Guerrero's no longer around on, on those fronts, and so you can't have your guy fly with us, and you can't have your guy on the sideline, and we're going to jump all over this before it gets out of control, before it becomes exactly what Belichick and Brady despise, distractions, right? And so if you're telling me that Brady sees the ban on Guerrero, and he's all bent out of shape, and he's all upset, and he wouldn't understand, and, and he wouldn't understand how it could be a distraction, then you're telling me Tom Brady has stopped buying into the Patriot way. And if you're telling me Tom Brady has stopped buying into the Patriot way right now, in this season in which the Patriots currently are the one seed in the AFC at 11-3, and have a chance to win a Super Bowl this year, another one, and have multiple opportunities to win Super Bowls the next couple of years because obviously the Patriots have put all their eggs into the Tom Brady basket. If you mean to tell me that Tom Brady has picked right now at the end of his career to stop buying into the Patriot way, I think you're on serious medication. I do. I, th- I think you're on medication or... Or you drink an awful lot, and you you probably shouldn't be uh, hitting people up with your opinions while you're that shit-faced. That's just kind of the way I look at it. So, I know there was a roundabout way to simplify this situation and give you my theory, but I think that's it. Somebody else wanted their guy... Belichick had had enough of these requests and said, I need to do something about this now before everybody wants their own guy and they want him on our sideline and they want him flying with the, with the team. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to, Tom, we're not going to take Alex Guerrero away from you. In fact, we're going to leave his office near the locker room. We're not going to let other players go in that locker room, but obviously you guys got the TB12 Senate. Would it kill Gronk to have to walk or get a shuttle? Maybe 30 seconds away to up to the TB12 center to you to use him to work with him? No, it wouldn't. So we're just going to, we're going to give him his office still. We're going to leave his office space there. He can use it, but he can only use it with you. And if nobody can understand why maybe Tom Brady's getting a little special treatment, then, then maybe they have to go. Maybe it's that other guy that has to go, that player that has to go. But Guerrero's got to get off the sideline and he's got to get off the team plane because now I got other guys coming to me looking for their guy. And if that's the conversation, what, you mean to tell me Tom Brady would say, oh, that's bullshit, Bill. 
That's bullshit. Everybody should have their own guy. No, that's bullshit. How's Alex going to get to the road game? Uh, he can't be on the sidelines during a game. How am I going to win this game? How am I going to win? I mean, you think Tom Brady's saying those things? I don't. I don't. I don't. The ban to me, I question the legitimacy of this ban. I just think it's kind of... And this reports, people who cover the Patriots who are down there inside the locker room every day, they say, Guerrero's still walking around. They haven't banned Guerrero from anything other than the sideline and the team playing. And that's why this story in the Boston Globe, I think that sentence that I read you and the way that I reworded it, you know, Bob Hull is going out of his way to look at, you know, the exclusive office at Gillette Stadium and say, well, Belichick's banned other players from going in there. When in reality, the way that you should be looking at it is, all right, here's what Guerrero's been banned from. Guerrero's been banned from the team plan and the sideline, but he hasn't been banned from his office next to the locker room. Like, that's not a ban. I guess you could say Belichick banned some of his players from using Guerrero, but only in that office, which means if his other office, the TB12 Center, is basically in Gillette Stadium, is he really banning his players from using Alex Guerrero? No, people have complicated this thing because they want there to be friction. Here's the friction in Foxborough. The friction in Foxborough is other players wanting their guys around the same way Alex Guerrero's around. And Bill Belichick try to try to get rid of the drama, get rid of the distraction before it ever really became a thing. I actually think Tom Brady probably understood. And... <laughs> I think that if you're telling me Tom Brady didn't understand, then you're telling me Tom Brady, he has stopped buying into the Patriot way. And again, I just think you're out of your mind if you think that's the case. People want there to be friction. People want there to be something going on with Brady, Belichick. They want these two to hate each other. It's, this isn't the first time we've we've... We've felt this, but I think a lot of people think this is the last straw. Now Brady's had enough. Belichick's had enough. Oh, they hate each other now. (laughs) I don't think so. I really don't think so. But you could tell the way some of the stuff's worded in the Boston Globe piece that I think Bob Hola feels that way, that he would like for these two guys to hate each other as well. And that's why not only do I question the legitimacy of the ban, I question the legitimacy of this fucking story. Because I think it's a whole lot to do about nothing, to be quite honest with you. Patriots got a game Sunday at 1 at home against the Buffalo Bills. Then they close out the season with a game at home against the New York Jets. If you can win both of those games, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter what Pittsburgh does. It doesn't matter what Jacksonville does. If the Patriots beat the Bills, which they should, at home. If they can beat the Jets, which they should, at home. If they can do those two things the next two weeks, then the Patriots are the number one seed in the AFC and the road to the Super Bowl will have to go through Gillette Stadium. Okay? So that's all that matters right now. And if you think that Tom Brady will no longer be focused on the ultimate goal or Bill Belichick will no longer be focused on the ultimate goal because of Alex Guerrero, And whatever ban was put in place that we're reading in this Globe story, if you think that Belichick and Brady are going to lose focus and, you know, not be fully committed to the task at hand, then I, I, again, I just, you're not living in the real world. You are not living in the real world. The real world is the Patriots got a chance to win another Super Bowl. And I think that with or without Alex Guerrero on the sideline, with or without Alex Guerrero on the team playing, players are going to find a way to use him. Belichick knows it. And the Patriots are going to have just as good a chance to win with or without the ban that we read about in the Boston Globe. So I got to move on. I can't. We can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this. So that's it for me on the Guerrero-Belichick-Brady relationship. I think it's a whole lot to do about nothing. And so while we move on, on this show, I will move on to the upcoming week in the NFL, which is week number 16. Only two more weeks left in the regular season. And uh, just taking a look at what we got this week, and there'll be no Thursday night game. No Thursday night game in week 16. You got two games on Saturday. 
You got 12 games on Sunday, which is Christmas Eve, and then you get two games on Christmas night, uh, the first beginning at 4.30, of course, Christmas Day, which is usually known for the NBA. They get a handful of NBA games every year on Christmas Day and Christmas night, but uh, this year we'll have NBA and we'll have two NFL games, so no Thursday game, two games Saturday, 12 games Sunday on Christmas Eve, and two games on Christmas night. And uh, here locally, we will be focused, as I said, on the Patriots Sunday at 1 at home against the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots open as a 12-point favorite, and they are still a 12-point favorite in this game. But I think the biggest story going into Week 16, the top storylines are the clinching scenarios for every team. And so I will go over those right now. Some of them are a little more complicated than others. I'll I'll, I'll try not to make your head spin. Um, but let's begin with the AFC, and I'll begin with the Patriots. The Patriots, the number one seed in the AFC right now, at 11-3. and three, They hold that tiebreaker over Pittsburgh because they beat Pittsburgh last week. Now, both the Patriots and the Steelers have clinched their divisions. The Patriots, they can clinch the number one seed in Week 16. They can obviously clinch it with a win in Week 16 over the Bills and a win in Week 17 over the Jets, but potentially the Patriots could clinch it just after Week 16 with a win over Buffalo and a Pittsburgh loss to Houston. That game is in Houston, and they'd also need a Jacksonville loss to San Francisco in San Francisco. Now, I, for one, don't think Pittsburgh's going to lose to Houston, and I certainly don't think that Jacksonville's going to lose to San Fran. So uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to clinch a number one seed. I think the Patriots will beat the Bills, but to clinch the number one seed in Week 16, the Patriots will need other things to happen. They'll also need Pittsburgh and a Jacksonville to lose, and I don't see both of those things happen. I don't see either of those things happen. I think Pittsburgh and Jacksonville will both win. The Patriots, so they won't clinch the one seed, I don't think. They have an opportunity to at least clinch a first-round bye, the Patriots do. They'll need the win over Buffalo, which I think they'll get, and they'll need either a Pittsburgh loss or a Jacksonville loss. But like I told you, I think Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, I think they're both going to win. So I don't even think the Patriots are going to clinch a first-round bye in Week 16. But uh, those are the scenarios for the Pats. As for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh can clinch a first-round bye with a win over Houston and a Jacksonville loss, but again, I don't think Jacksonville's going to lose, so I don't think Pittsburgh is going to clinch a first-round bye in Week 16. As for Jacksonville, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, well, last week they clinched a playoff berth. The Jaguars clinched a playoff berth in Week 15. Jacksonville can clinch their division, the AFC South, with a win over San Francisco or a Tennessee loss to the Rams. That game is in Tennessee. Now, Tennessee could very well lose to the Rams. In fact, I would pick the Rams to beat Tennessee, which means that Jacksonville, even if they didn't beat San Francisco, still could still clinch their division. But I expect Jacksonville to handle their own business, beat San Francisco, and so I expect Jacksonville to clinch that division in Week 16. And then you got Kansas City. Uh, they haven't clinched anything. They're the fourth seed in the AFC. Kansas City can clinch the AFC West with a win over Miami, which is in Kansas City, or Kansas City can also clinch the AFC West with a Chargers loss to the Jets. That game is in New York. I would pick the Chargers to beat the Jets. Jets aren't playing for anything anymore. The Jets are 5-9. and nine. They've been officially eliminated from playoff contention. And um, I would think that the Chargers, after losing to Kansas City, would bounce back with a win. So... Kansas City would have to win their game to clinch their division, but they should be able to beat Miami. So Kansas City's probably going to clinch the AFC West with that win over the Dolphins. That's what I would pick them to do. And then, of course, you got Tennessee as the five seed in the AFC right now at eight and six. Tennessee can clinch a playoff berth with a win over the Rams. That game again in Tennessee and a Baltimore loss to Indy in Baltimore and a Buffalo loss to the Patriots. Buffalo's going to lose to the Patriots, but I don't think Baltimore is going to lose to Indy. That game is in Baltimore. Even if it was in Indy, I don't think Baltimore will lose that game. So, because Baltimore is going to beat Indy and Tennessee, they cannot... They, I don't think they'll clinch a playoff berth. Uh, but again, they have to... Tennessee has to handle their own business. They have to beat the Rams. I don't think they're going to do that. But that's a scenario. It's possible Tennessee could clinch a playoff berth. 
I, though, don't see it happening. You got the sixth seed Buffalo Bills at 8-6. and six. I think they'll be bounced out of that spot after week 16, but we'll see what happens. Then you go over to the NFC, uh, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have already clinched their division. They've already clinched the first round by. They're 12-2. They lost Carson Wentz. But I don't think that Philadelphia, you know, that's a tough loss for Philly, obviously. But um, I don't know that this season is completely over just yet. Like, I don't think they should look at that and say, well, we're done. We're not going to win anything. Because as good as Carson Wentz was this season, I mean, if you look at Carson Wentz, and I know he's, it's, he hasn't been in the league very long, right? It's his second season. But you look at Carson Wentz and you think to yourself, well, it's not like he provided any type of real playoff or championship experience. So, um, and I'm not saying that Nick Foles does either. I'm just telling you that Philadelphia, there's still a chance for them to make some type of noise in the playoffs, especially if they can clinch the number one seed, which they'll have a chance to do in week 16. Philadelphia can clinch the number one seed in the NFC with a win over Oakland. That game's in Philly. Or a Minnesota loss to Green Bay. That game's in Green Bay. I don't think Minnesota's going to lose to Green Bay because Minnesota's still trying to clinch a first round by themselves. So I think Minnesota will beat Green Bay, which means that Philadelphia, uh, which is a win over Oakland, they can clinch the number one seed, handle your own business. I think that's a winnable game for Philly, even without Carson Wentz. So that's what the Eagles can do. They can clinch the number one seed, get their 13th win. If they beat Oakland, it'll be a home game for Philly. It's very possible. In fact, I'd actually put my money on that happening then I mentioned Minnesota Minnesota can clinch a first round bye with a win over Green Bay in Green Bay and a Carolina loss to Tampa Bay that game in Carolina so they need both of those things happen and Minnesota I think is going to win this game against Green Bay I just don't think Carolina is going to lose to Tampa Bay because Carolina is still trying to clinch a playoff berth themselves they're you know, they, they still, nothing is guaranteed for Carolina. So they shouldn't lose to Tampa Bay. It's in Carolina. So I don't think Minnesota would be clinching the first round by. They need a win and a Carolina loss. They could get a win, but they're not going to get the Carolina loss. But that's just something that Minnesota could do. Uh, the Rams, they can clinch their division, the NFC West, with a win over Tennessee or a Seattle loss to Dallas. That game is in Dallas. Um, so basically, if you're the Rams, try to get a win. And they should. They should beat Tennessee, even though it's in Tennessee. And I think the Rams will beat Tennessee. So I think the Rams will clinch the division that way. But let's say they don't. If Seattle loses to Dallas in Dallas, which they could because Ezekiel Elliott is returning. And that game is basically a playoff game for Seattle and Dallas. You know, the loser is basically done, basically eliminated. The winner doesn't make the playoffs guaranteed, but they keep themselves alive. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott could be the biggest difference maker there. That could happen. So the Rams, they could get some help and still clinch their division even if they don't handle their own business against Tennessee. But I expect the Rams to handle their own business and beat the Titans in Tennessee. So I expect the Rams to clinch their division. If the Rams lose to Tennessee, then the Rams can just clinch a playoff berth in general with a Detroit loss to Cincinnati and a Carolina loss to Tampa Bay, and an Atlanta loss to New Orleans. They need all three of those things. You know what? If Forget about that. That's one of those make-your-head-spin ones. Let's just look at the Rams. If they win, they clinch their division. Or if Seattle loses, the Rams clinch their division. I don't think there's anybody questioning whether or not the Rams are going to clinch their division. It's just, did they do it this week or did they do it next week? It's when. Not if, when for the Rams, and I, but I think it'll be this week because I think they'll win their game. Then you get New Orleans can clinch the NFC South with a win over Atlanta in New Orleans and a Carolina loss to Tampa Bay. I told you, I don't think Carolina is going to lose to Tampa Bay, so I don't think New Orleans is going to clinch their division. But New Orleans can also just clinch a playoff berth with a win. If they win, they're in the playoffs. So if New Orleans, just handle your own business again. Forget about getting help because I don't think you're going to get it with Carolina losing. I don't, I don't think Carolina's losing that game. But New Orleans, if they beat Atlanta, which they could, they clinch the division. Could happen. Carolina can clinch a playoff berth, which is the win over Tampa Bay, which they should do. Atlanta can clinch a playoff berth, which is the win 
over New Orleans, which they could do. So those are the playoff scenarios. Those are the clinching scenarios. I know some of it can get confusing. Sometimes it confuses me. Like I, I put together my picks, picks, picks. I put them in print in the South Boston Today newspaper every week, every Thursday. And I was talking about the Rams situation, playing Tennessee. And, uh, you know, the Rams play at 1 o'clock and, you know, they could wait, you know, then they'd see what would happen in the Seattle game. And I just, I messed it up in print. I knew what I meant. I just messed it up. So I can even confuse myself with it sometimes so I can understand how you could be confused either listening to me talk about it or write about it in the South Boston Today newspaper. So let's let's get be done with the confusion and let's get to my picks, okay? And first things first, my DraftKings got to have them play for Sunday's slate. Every week I give you one NFL player that you just got to have in your DraftKings lineup just for Sunday's games and before I do that, though, I got to remind you to use my promo code, PIC, that's P-I-C, to play for free with the first deposit at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app. Fantasy football finals of this week, but don't feel left out in the action if you didn't advance. I lost my semifinal game in fantasy football, and so uh, a lot of people talking about the fantasy football championships. I mean, you know what? Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you didn't even make the playoffs. And maybe you have just been down in the dumps because your fantasy football team sucked this year. Well, don't let that bother you too much because you can get back in the winning column with DraftKings one-week fantasy football. The best part is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever. Get to DraftKings.com right now. And again, use my promo code PIC, that's P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit this Coming Sunday, and here's the player that you gotta have. My DraftKings gotta have him play for Week 16 is Cam Newton. He's gonna cost you 6,800 bucks. He's the third most expensive quarterback behind Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's the most expensive quarterback at 7,000, and Tom Brady the second most expensive at 6,900. Let's take a look at Carolina's game. I told you against Tampa Bay, they're at home Sunday at one in a previous matchup this season. Between Carolina and Tampa Bay, Carolina won in Tampa Bay back in week eight. The score was 17 to three. Wasn't a great day for Cam Newton. He only had 13.6 fantasy points in that game. But a couple things you need to know about Cam Newton entering this one. Cam Newton has not thrown for 300 yards in a single game since week five in Detroit. That's a long time for a quarterback who's pretty good, who likes to throw the football down the field and likes to make the big plays. Tampa Bay... Right now, entering Week 16, the Buccaneers have the worst pass defense in the NFL, allowing 271 pass yards per game. Now, back to the Panthers. Carolina's coming off two big wins back-to-back against the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. And it wasn't the Packers with Brett Hundley. It was the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. That's a big win. Those are two big wins for Carolina. I told you where Carolina stands. They're 10-4. and Nothing's guaranteed for them. Nothing's guaranteed for him. And when you look at last week's game against Green Bay, Cam Newton had four touchdowns, and it kind of feels like the Carolina Panthers are heating up at the right time. They're heating up just at the right time. This is also Carolina's final home game of the season, their third straight home game to be exact, and they will go on the road to Atlanta in Week 17. So like I said, nothing's guaranteed, and that's a tough game. Carolina, you win this game against Tampa Bay, and you get into the playoffs, you clinch a playoff berth. Knowing that you play in Atlanta in Week 17 with Atlanta, you know who knows what they're going to be still playing for? That's a dangerous game. you got to take care of business right now in Week 16 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that's 4-10. and 10. This is basically a must-win for Carolina because after the big wins I just told you they had against Minnesota and Green Bay, you cannot lose this one. I mean, honestly, did you have you watched Tampa Bay play lately? It's just you, you got to win this game. So, uh, I look at the Panthers. I look at Cam Newton and the game that's in front of him against this terrible pass defense. And I just say to myself, he's going to have a big day, and it's only going to cost you sixty-eight hundred bucks. Cam Newton, to me, you got to have him. Cam Newton is my DraftKings. Got to have him play for Sunday's slate. And again, if you're going to do it, you're going to put a lineup together, which you should. Use my promo code PIC, that's P-I-C, and play for free with your first deposit. And that brings me 
to Picks Picks for Week 16 in the NFL. My record on the season, 38-33-4. I went 3-0-2 in Week 15 last week. The week before that, I went 4-1. The week before that, I went 4-1. The week before that, I went 3-2. So in my last four weeks, I'm 14-4-2. Not too bad, huh? And again, my record on the season, 38-33-4. And four, 38 wins, 33 losses, and four pushes. And now it's time to keep it rolling in week 16. Let's get to it. Hit the music. Picks, picks for week 16 presented by the Dorchester Group. The Dorchester Group is a full-service real estate agency specializing in the sale of properties in the Boston area. What can they do for you? Well, the Dorchester Group assists individuals who currently own property, helping them come up with the best strategy to manage, improve, or dispose of it. They're here to help you maximize your return and protect you against developers who are looking to take advantage of you and your valuable property. These developers don't care about you or your neighborhood. All they care about is money and how they can make more of it when you're gone and your property is theirs. So do something about it. Do yourself a favor and put someone from the neighborhood in your corner right now. Call the Dorchester Group today at 617-869-4464. That's 617-869-4464. Or go to their website, thedorchestergroupre.com. Maximize your return today with the Dorchester Group. Let's get to pick number one. I am going with the Minnesota Vikings as a nine-point favorite over the Green Bay Packers. This game is in Green Bay. It's a primetime game on Saturday night, but only one of the two teams is still playing for something. Minnesota is 11-3. They already clinched their division. They did that last week. If the playoffs began today, the Vikings would be the number two seed in the NFC. And uh, they're playing a Packers team. Yeah, the Packers are at home, but the Packers are 7-7. And they've been officially eliminated from playoff contention. And Aaron Rodgers, even though he came back last week against Carolina, because Green Bay's season is over, Aaron Rodgers' season has been ended. Well, Green Bay's not playing for anything in this game, but Minnesota is. And that is a first-round bye in the playoffs. They still need to get that. And so they have to go out and try to win this game on Saturday night because if they win and Carolina loses on Sunday to Tampa Bay, well, Minnesota would clinch that first round bye. Now, I don't think Carolina's going to lose to Tampa Bay, but at least if you're Minnesota, you're playing on Saturday night and you got to handle your business. We keep talking about teams handling their own business. Minnesota needs to try to do that, and I think they should because their defense is the second-best defense in all the NFL. The Vikings allow just 17 points a game. And again, they should be able to beat the Packers who are not playing for anything. It's going to be freezing cold Saturday night at Lambeau. But I will take Minnesota to win by 10. This is a rematch from a game in October. Minnesota won that game 23-10. In fact, that was the game that Aaron Rodgers went down injured. So uh, Minnesota already has beaten Brett Hundley. And I think they'll do it again. I told you I think they'll win by at least 10 at Lambeau. I'll take the Vikings minus 9 over the Packers in Green Bay. Then, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers as a 10-point favorite over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game is in Carolina. This is my only home team of the week. I've been rolling with road teams the last couple weeks, and uh, it's been working out for me. Well, this is a home team, and I'm jumping all over Carolina. This is an easy one for me. I think the Panthers are going to whoop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I already told you Cam Newton is my draft king's got to have him play for week 16. Panthers are 10-4. and four. They go up against the 4-10 and 10 Buccaneers team. Buccaneers have been eliminated. Carolina's won two straight, and they currently hold the number five seed in the NFC. They can clinch a playoff spot with a win in this game. And if they don't win... Well, no playoff spot is guaranteed because they have to go to Atlanta to take on the Falcons in Week 17, which will not be an easy game. So, you get that win over Tampa Bay, and what do you do? You also can prevent New Orleans from winning the division, from winning the NFC South. So, uh, right now, the Saints, they own the tiebreaker over the Panthers for that division, but you know what? The Panthers... They could still win this division, but you got to win your own games first. And so I think they know that. That's even more incentive. Clinch a playoff spot and still have a chance to win the division. Two things that should drive this Carolina team to whoop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Carolina. I will take the Panthers by two touchdowns. Give me Carolina minus 10 over Tampa Bay. 
Carolina being the home team in that one. And then I'm going with the L.A. Rams. The Rams a six-and-a-half point favorite on the road in Tennessee against the Titans. The Rams are 10-4. and four. They can clinch the division with a win or a Seattle loss. But take care of your own business first because you play at 1 o'clock and Seattle doesn't play till 425. So here's the deal. Tennessee, they're 8-6. They currently hold the number five seed in the AFC. But they're still battling to stay in that playoff spot. Now, the Rams are coming off a huge win over the Seahawks in Seattle. Tennessee has lost two straight, and they've lost two straight to bad teams. Arizona and San Francisco. And I call San Francisco a bad team. I know people are saying Jimmy Garoppolo is leading them to the promised land. 49ers have won three straight. Whatever. I still consider that a bad team because they have been eliminated from the playoffs. So, Tennessee, they've had opportunities. They haven't been able to get it done against teams they should get it done against. For that reason, I cannot put Tennessee over a Rams team in this game that, if you look at the Rams, they're just too good on both sides of the ball for me to believe they'll lose to the Titans who can't beat bad teams. So, uh... I'll take the Rams. This is another easy one for me. I got the Rams to win. I got them to cover. Give me L.A. by 10. I'll take the Rams minus 6.5 in Tennessee. Then I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a 4.5-point favorite over the San Francisco 49ers. This game is in San Fran. I think this is a little low. Jacksonville is good. Even though they clinched the playoff berth last week at 10-4, and four, They're still trying to win their division. They can do that with a win in San Francisco. So um, I expect Jacksonville to go into San Francisco, beat the 4-10 49ers, and snap the 49ers' three-game win streak. And we talk about Jacksonville being able to win their division. Well, they're still alive to get a first-round bye. For as much as we talk about New England and Pittsburgh as the top two seeds in the AFC, Jacksonville can still get a first-round bye. But here's what needs to happen. They need to win out. Jacksonville needs to beat San Francisco this weekend. Then they need to beat Tennessee in Week 17. I would actually put my money on both of those things happening. And if both of those things did happen and Jacksonville won their final two and they ended up with 12 wins, if Pittsburgh loses one of their final two, they play at Houston and then at home against Cleveland, I don't think Pittsburgh will lose one of their... I think Pittsburgh will win their their last two which could make this not matter. But let's say Pittsburgh loses one of their final two and Jacksonville wins their final two games. Guess what happens? Jacksonville would get the number two seed over the Pittsburgh Steelers because Jacksonville owns the head-to-head tiebreaker after beating the Steelers back in October. The Jaguars have the best defense in the NFL. They allow just 14.9 points per game. So we'll call it 15 points per game. And I think... Their defense poses a much more serious threat to Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers offense than any of the other teams have in the last three games. So it's time for the 49ers to come back down to earth. Give me the Jaguars to win and cover on the road. I am taking Jacksonville as a four and a half point favorite in San Fran. And then my fifth and final pick, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks, a five point dog. They're in Dallas against the Cowboys. This one is do or die for both the 8-6 Seahawks and the 8-6 Cowboys. The winner stays alive in the NFC playoff race. Now, the winner will also need some help to get in. But the loser of this game is just flat-out eliminated. The biggest storyline, Ezekiel Elliott set to return from his six-game suspension. That should be enough. Zeke's presence alone should be enough to put Dallas over Seattle and a banged-up defense, especially with this game is in Dallas. But the Cowboys haven't been great at home this season. So, with this being a playoff game and all those other factors, I'm very comfortable, at the very least, thinking that Seattle is going to keep it close, which means I'm not telling you Seattle's going to win this game. I would stay away from putting my money on a winner of a game straight up, but I would take the points here. Seattle plus five? Give me that. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to take the points. I feel comfortable doing it. I'll take Seattle plus five over the Cowboys in Dallas. So my picks for week number 16 in the NFL, I am going with Minnesota minus nine, Carolina minus 10, the Rams minus six and a half, Jacksonville minus four and a half, and Seattle plus five. Picks, picks for week 16 presented by the Dorchester Group. 
Do yourself a favor and put somebody from the neighborhood in your corner. Call the Dorchester Group today at 617-869-4464. That's 617-869-4464. The Dorchester Group is a full-service real estate agency specializing in the sale of properties in the Boston area. The Dorchester Group assists individuals who currently own property, helping them come up with the best strategy to manage, improve, or dispose of it, go to their website, the Dorchester Group, re.com. And again, the phone number is 617-869-4464. That's 617-869-4464. Maximize your return today with the Dorchester Group. I will be back on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Merry Christmas. Again, Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Really, for the next two weeks, we'll have Tuesday and Thursday shows. So, no Monday shows. I'm obviously not coming in on Christmas, and I'm obviously not coming in on New Year's Day. So, enjoy your week. I'll be back next week to give more picks for Week 17. I'll be covering this thing all the way through the playoffs, as you know, two days a week. And you can listen whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Google Play, iHeartRadio, and also on the Podcast One Network. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Again, Merry Christmas. Talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs>